Thank you for turning into the Wide Open Podcast. My name is Brian Nassif. I'm the host of the Wide Open Podcast. I'm the District 37 President, SoCal MC member, and die-hard District 37 Desert Racer. On this episode of the Wide Open Podcast, we're going to do a little race review of the four races uh, dual Euro. And we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Cal Cal Scramble Series for 2019. But first, the Wide Open Podcast is brought to you, as always, by Ryan Abitoy Designs, Rad Custom Graphics. Ryan is a longtime District 37 racer, grew up in District 37, uh, raced the uh, road for Kawasaki for quite some time, and has uh, moved on to you know regular life as most of us do and started a business where he is he is the guy if you were looking for graphics uh, for your motorcycle wraps for your van your trailer your your toy hauler motorhome shirts hats stickers anything you can think of Ryan's the guy you want to call he's got all the fonts for everything it is everything we run district desert GP the upcoming Sprint Enduro Series. If we wind up doing a, do num- doing a uh, different numbering system for the Cal Scramble Series for 2019, he'll have that too. I can't uh, recommend Ryan highly enough. I run the run his graphics on my bike, uh, on Lisa's bike. I call him up. I have uh, some harebrained idea of something I want to do, and somehow I'm able to to uh, okay, convey to him what what's in my head, along with the 50 million other things, and he manages to pull that out. And, and hit a home run with it every time. So if you're looking for graphics, numbers, or anything in between, hit up Ryan at radcustomgraphics.com. Okay, uh, today is Wednesday, September 19th. It's a few days after the four races dual Euro. So let's talk about that one a little bit. Uh, Lisa and I rolled out there, uh, really excited about racing. Uh, was kind of curious to see what the turnout was going to be for this weekend because there were a ton of racing uh, options for this weekend. Uh, works rolled into our backyard with a race at Glen Helen. I know there were a lot of district regulars that rolled down there. Uh, congratulations to Trevor Stewart, uh, finishing third in the pro race. Uh, pro, I believe, Pro Lights, which would be the 250 class saw uh, District 37 regular and SoCal MC member Chance Fullerton pull off a third place. I also saw a lot of posts from a lot of district guys that were out there. Uh, I saw that Trevor Hunter was out there uh, getting himself uh, accustomed to his new Three Brothers KTM 250F. Uh, I also saw that Nick Stover, another Three Brothers rider, was out there racing as well. Uh, Like I said, lots of district guys out there racing. Uh, We also had the Sandsport show over the weekend. Uh, District 37 usually has a booth out there, and uh, we did again this year. Not sure if we're going to do it uh, in the years coming up. That's not really our crowd. I think we're going to try and uh, focus our attention on things that uh, that might bring a little more ridership to district other than just shaking hands with people who already race district. But this year, what was different about the Sandsport show was that Endurocross was at the Sandsport show this year. And... District 37 and the Big Six have partnered 
with uh, with Endurocross when they come to town, and Endurocross is nice enough to really help us promote District 37 uh, with the District 37 class that they race at Endurocross, and unfortunately I wasn't able to make it, but I you know I follow the social media pretty hard. Uh, I saw a ton of district riders out there. Uh, Justin Collins uh, from Hilltoppers was out there. Uh, James Thomas from uh, Checkers was there. Uh, we had uh, Hayden Hines, Prospectors, was there. Jordan Gamboa from Prospectors was there. Uh, all racing uh, in the district class. You know, those guys are absolute studs. Uh, and I and I ran into it. I saw uh, of those riders that I just mentioned when I was out there on Sunday watching all the races. I saw James Thomas uh, and Hayden and uh, Jordan all out there racing. So, man, it just uh, I couldn't be more proud of the up-and-comers in the district. The young kids are, are, are really are really stepping up. So, four races. Uh, Lisa and I rolled out there. Uh, was really looking forward to getting back into the desert after the long summer break. This year's summer break seemed a lot longer than normal. Uh, probably because we, you know, we didn't have any MX races that were affiliated with District 37 going on, so it, this just seemed like a really, really long summer break. Uh, got out there, signups were, were smooth. Good job, four races. You were, you were able to get in and out of signups, uh, which is, you know, I, I have the opportunity to talk to a ton of riders. I mean, that's, that's my job. I talk to a bunch of people and I sell our product. And I try and listen to what it is that everybody's looking for and suggest to clubs that we make some changes and then you know do what I can to try and promote different series and, and build different series to kind of so that we can give the riders what they're asking for. One of the things riders ask for is they want to be able to show up, sign up, and get to their race. And four races did a really good job of speeding you through sign up. So you know, good job on the, on that part of it. Uh, rolled over to SoCal Camp. Uh, and you know what? That's one of the things that I really, really love about District 37. You know, everybody knows I'm a SoCal member, former SoCal president, and I absolutely love the club life. And you know, you look around. You know, when you show up at a race, you you, you kind of just scan the area. Man, I love seeing all the clubs camp together, the fl the flags flying, all the club pride. Uh, the rivalries that go on between the clubs, man, that is something that is just unique to District 37, and it is what makes District 37 the place to race. The families, the clubs, all the interaction between the clubs, the guys that you race against, man, it, it's just it's just absolutely awesome. And that weekend did not disappoint. I wasn't the only one that was just chomping at the bit to get back to some desert racing. So, like I said, rolled out there. Lisa was kind of uh, you know, had been telling me all week she wasn't really feeling well all week long, but she wanted to race. She's chasing a plate. I mean, she's just crushing it. I'm so proud of her, you know, from a girl who went from, uh, you know, basically running her mouth around the campfire one night, you know, several years ago and never having ridden a motorcycle to, to someone who wants to race every single weekend. I mean, that's, that's pretty badass in, in my book. And, but, you know, she wasn't feeling really well. And, you know, plus, you know, then she pinched a nerve in her neck. And, you know, we go through this same routine, you know, every week. You know, are you going to race? Yes, I'm going to race. And then, you know, okay, so I prep a bike, I put it in the truck, and then we, you know, we start with this whole argument. Hey, I loaded the bike, so you have to race. And we got out there, 
and she just wasn't feeling it so you know it didn't happen for her but man I was super stoked to get out there and get on the bike and go race uh, I over the summer I switched from lightweight to heavyweight I sold my 250 got back on uh, on Old Faithful I bought another 450x the you know the bike that uh, I'm most comfortable on and was really excited to get back on that bike and see where I measured up in the mag class against a bunch of really fast 50 year olds so rolled out uh, rolled out to the start of a course uh, you know banner drops we all take off you know it's a desert race so it's dusty we funnel into the trail uh, and I roll up on uh, I roll up on Zuber who has stopped for Mike Phillips so first off let me say thank you very much to Zuber for stopping uh, I know he's chasing that number one plate uh, you know he's chasing Roberts he's trying to trying to beat back Darren uh, and he but hey there was a rider in need Mike was out cold and Zuber was there and you know he's a club member so you know I stopped Darren stops and we hang out with Mike so I wish I could tell you what the rest of the course looked like, but I made it a mile until where you know till where Mike was, and that was the end of my day. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Um, I don't know if there could have been any markings that could have prevented that. Uh, I mean, it was basically a little trail. I mean, you 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 roll on the trail. It's a, it's a whooped out trail. One whoop happened to be a little deeper than the rest of them. Uh, while we sat there waiting for for R3 to come and uh, you know render some assistance to Mike, uh, the riders were coming around on their second loop, and we had we were slow. There were four races did a great job of manning that area after we had an accident trying to slow all the riders down. The riders showed incredible sportsmanship of slowing down and riding single file through that area. Uh, to, to give respect to the rider who was down so that they, so the rescue three could work on him. I mean, that, that again is another thing that speaks volumes to what District 37 is. But as all the riders rode through, even at a slow pace, when they could see, everybody got kicked a little sideways on this one particular hoop. So just one of those racing types of things. Um, but Mike got off the bike pretty hard. He went head first, and he was he was out. I mean, he was he was sleeping for a good couple minutes uh, before he came to, and then he showed all the signs, all the classic signs of a of a of concussion syndrome. He was very combative when he woke up, um, and repetitive with all of his questions. Uh, Rescue three did the right thing. They told him, hey, he he's got to go. Mike fought it, uh, but he went to Ridgecrest, got a CAT scan. Uh, turns out everything's okay, but he is, you know, experiencing some of the after effects of, of a pretty serious concussion. And I'm hoping that he takes the advice of everybody around him and sits out for, for, you know, for a couple of weeks before he gets back on the bike. And let me just say this: as a guy who's banged his head pretty hard and had and had pretty bad wrecks, there's no plate worth long-term, uh, long-term damage from getting back on the bike too soon after after you've had a bad wreck um, i can hear the laughter right now from people who know me listen to me say that because i am the absolute worst about following that advice but i cannot stress the importance enough of if you bang your head hard and that's that happens with what we do you gotta let your brain heal um, i never followed that advice 
I rode rovers a few years ago. I ran across one of those stupid circle tracks that those goddamn quad guys make. And I was taking a nap, and, and someone from my club who started two rows behind me woke me up. Um, and I tried to race the following day. They were doing a two-day desert scramble. I tried to race the following day, and my club sat me down. And it was probably one of the best things they could do. And when I had my bad wreck at hundreds, I was out for a few minutes there. And I, from that point to now, I have experienced some serious memory loss. I mean, I have, I have a real tough time with short-term memory. And you can talk to a lot of people who ride in district who will, who will confirm that, hey, you know what, you need to heal your brain before you get back on the bike. It's unfortunate that it takes some of us uh, learning the hard way, but I would hope that others who find themselves in those situations um, would take the advice of, of people who have learned the hard way and, and let yourself heal. So having said that, uh, the feedback that I got from everybody who was able to complete uh, a loop was that the, the course was super fast. Uh, they, everybody seemed pretty happy with it. Uh, the usual suspects were out there just crushing it. Uh, you know, Burson just whooped the hell out of everybody uh, in his race. Uh, in our race, uh, you know, we're with seniors and mags together. I, I don't know what it is that Steve Roberts is doing, but that guy's riding in a whole nother zip code than the rest of us. Uh, the vet race was a lot of fun to watch. Sat out there, watched the vets battle it out. Uh, one hell of a race. And, you know, so we... You know, we do what we do. We sit out there and watch everybody race and, you know, good times. Watch everybody have a good time. You know, uh, big kudos to, to, to Lacey Olivas uh, for, for her third overall and first in class in the, in the women's class. Uh, Billy Courtney, uh, third in class, first vet. Good rides in, the, in those first races. And if I'm leaving anybody out, my apologies. They're the ones that I can remember right now. Like I said, short-term memory loss. So I rode back to camp, drank a little water, uh, got myself psyched up to go race uh, B-Loop, rolled out there. Now, I love the technical stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, four races, you hit it out of the park with, uh, with B-Loop. That's everything I like to ride. I don't know if other people liked it, but I love the stuff that's harder. And, and that, was a, that was a blast. Uh, rode my ass off. Uh, my, my hands were killing me, you know, and I couldn't walk. I mean, my, my body let me know that I'd been in a desert race for a couple of days <clears throat> after that race. And that's one of the things I love about Monday and Tuesday after desert races that I know that I, that I got my money's worth for what I did. So, uh, that was epic. Uh, you know, a lot of fast guys. Again, Steve Roberts just eclipsed the rest of the class. Just tremendous ride by Steve. Dude, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. Uh, uh, for us in the uh, in the Mag Senior, or if, I'm sorry, let me back up. For for the vet race, uh, Billy Courtney looked like he was an absolute man on a mission. He led that thing from start to finish. Had a great had a great 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 start uh, off the bomb. And like I said, led that thing from start to finish, overalled it, and uh, first overall, first vet. Great ride for him. Uh, sat there, watched all the races. I mean, just, I can't, I get such a kick out of watching uh, the last race of the day. All the youngsters out there, the heavyweights, uh, the lightweights, the C-bikes. 
I mean, those kids are just ripping, just absolutely ripping. Uh, probably one of the one of the coolest things I saw. Last race of the day, last lap. Uh, they're coming back out of the hills, heading back towards the finish, and I'm watching the 250s race. And this had to be maybe for third place. Uh, uh, Nick Colangeli and Nick Stover in an absolute drag race for a half a mile wide open, just pinned down through the desert into the chute. It was pretty awesome to watch. So congratulations to both those guys. Uh, you know, Nick has gotten super fast over the course of the year. Uh, you know, he's got, you know, he went from, uh, he was riding a four-stroke earlier in the year. Uh, now I've seen him out there on a two-stroke. Just seems like he's really clicking with that bike and having good rides. So uh, good for him and congratulations. Just really got a kick out of, out of watching that. Uh, Four Races also hosted a, a youth race on Saturday. First youth race back after the long summer break. Uh, I, I normally am super involved in what's happened with that. Unfortunately, I had commitments that, that prevented me from getting out there on Saturday. Uh, so I can only report on what it was that I was told. Uh, the course the course may have been a little tough for some of the kids. Now, there are two schools of thought to that. Uh, SoCal puts on a, SoCal believes that you need to put on a pretty difficult race for the kids so that, uh, so that they are able to, you know, once they turn 12 and then go race a real desert race, that they, they're not overwhelmed by what a desert race is. So you need to be challenged. Uh, early in the year, HBMC's race, they had a, they had a hill that most people thought was too difficult, but there were 20 people standing on that hill. And we helped all those kids up that hill. First lap, they all wanted to quit. By the end of the race, they were charging at that at that thing with a, with a, with a tremendous amount of confidence. So, I you know while well, you hear you know some people say it was too hard, maybe other people are saying that hey that's what uh, that's what desert racing is. So the kids need to know uh, what they're going to get themselves into. A lot of what the youth race was was B course, and B course was technical and challenging. So I can see where. It might have been a little challenging for kids, but hey, you know what? If you don't ride stuff like that before you get to, to a big race, like I said, you're going you're gonna to quit, quit racing. It's going to be overwhelming for you. If, uh, if, if I had one critique of how it was uh, or, or what could have been better, you got to have the manpower to do that. If you're going to put on a challenging loop for the kids, you got to make sure that you have the manpower to cover it. Uh, and that manpower is a phone call away. I know that, uh, that there were several clubs out there that assisted with the race. They probably could have used a few more. Um, and like, but like I said, it's a phone call away, and that help is there. Uh, but I am not one of those guys that will ever complain about what it is that a club did because somebody took the time, volunteered their time to go out and lay something out so that I could go race it and so that everybody else could go race it. So... The only thing I can say is a huge thank you to Four Races for putting on the race. So, let's talk a little bit about the Cal Scramble Series. The Cal Scramble Series was the brainchild of Jerry Strawler, who is the, the Cal Scramble steward, and Bob Koch. This was a few years back, and the thought process behind that was that um, the Best in the West Series had gone away, and the Best of the West Series had always been kind of an easier series, uh, you know, to kind of get, you know, people interested in racing who didn't want to go out and, 
and you know soldier through a 20 race series uh, of of sometimes difficult desert races and we were trying to find a way with the best of the west series to get riders to you know to come out and not have to go do you know a full 20 race series um it was super popular at the beginning and then you know as is the case after some time it, it kind of you know its popularity kind of waned and it eventually died off so we went for a few years with not having a series like that and you know the conventional wisdom was that hey we should probably try and have a series like that again and the california scramble series was born uh typically what the california scramble series has been up until this point was just uh, a collection of races that were selected by a steward uh, and you know they consisted of uh, you know dual euros uh, and desert scrambles and you know but one loop of a desert scramble so a rider could come out and ride euros and he could go out and ride desert scrambles the first loop of them and he could earn California scrambles points um, there was the, the, that particular series was never really managed or approached in the same fashion that we are that that Big Six was approached, or the same same thought process that we have used when approaching the Sprint Enduro series, where we get the clubs together, we all talk about what we think that series should be. Everybody agrees on on the level of difficulty of the races, and everybody everybody realizes that whatever one club does affects another club and they all agree to kind of do the same thing so that a rider knows what they can expect when they get to the race. None of those conversations ever ha happened uh, in the years leading up to this year. So you might have gone to one uh, uh, perfect example. So early in the year, uh, the Rovers race, that was one of the Cal Scrambles races. I think probably to this point, uh, the Rovers race and what Rusty laid out for that race was well, probably, the, probably the most fun race that I've raced so far this year. And that was one of the California Scrambles races. Knocked it out of the park. Everybody was pretty stoked about it. I can't remember which race came after that, but the level of difficulty on that race was far greater than the level of difficulty at the Rovers race. And I heard a lot of people say, hey, I thought this was a Scrambles race. It's supposed to be, the first loop is supposed to be easy. And you can't really knock the club because no one has ever really had a conversation about what that race should be. The steward just says, hey, yours is paying California scrambles points. And, and they're like, okay. And they just go do whatever they're going to do. And so right, there's no consistency be, from one round to the next. And if I hear one thing more than I hear anything from riders when they come and talk to me, is that they're looking for consistency. Whatever it is and whatever series they're racing. You go to a big six race, there's consistency. You know what you're going to get. They're, I hear riders really excited about the, the Sprint Enduro Series. And one of the main themes that we talk about in those meetings is consistency. All the clubs have agreed what those races are going to look like. Um, and so having said that, that is the theme of the Cal Scramble Series for 2019. We've chosen the clubs. Uh, I, I'm in the process of reaching out to all of those clubs right now so that we can get together and have a little meeting so that we can decide what that series is going to be. I can't tell you that all those races are going to be easy, and I can't tell you that all those races are going to be hard. But what I can tell you is whatever those clubs decide the race is going to be, they will all be the same. 
the clubs that we've chosen to do that and we're going to reach out to, those, those races will be dual Euros and the first loop of Desert Scrambles. And I would assume that those clubs would agree that they should, that, that the, obviously we all know that a, that a Euro is going to be, I, I don't, I hate to use the term easy because it's a desert race and racing in the desert is not easy. But if you, if you put it on a scale versus a hare and hound, then compared to a hare and hound, it's, it's relatively easy but it's still hard because it's a desert race. But that level of difficulty should carry over to what what the loop would be for a desert scramble. And that's kind of the thought process, so that a rider can choose to race that series and know what they're getting themselves into. We've chosen nine races for it, so there would be there there will be a nine race a nine race California scramble series. The races are spread out fairly evenly from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. We take a break during the summer, as always. Uh, we will, there will be a champion crowned, just like we're, there will be a scrambles champion, just like there has been in the past. It, you will have a scrambles champion, just like you, just like at the end of 2019, you will have a, a sprint enduro champion, and you will have a Grand Prix champion. We are gonna follow the exact same thing that we do with those other series, and we're gonna try and really work on this series and build build on this series. I've seen some really encouraging stuff on social media with GP riders who are asking questions about Euro scrambles and those types of races because they're interested in coming to the desert. We need I look at that California scramble series as an introduction to desert racing. Okay, so it's like a it's like your first kiss in junior high, okay? You're, you're getting to first base in the California Scramble Series. Before you make it all the way home and race a, race a hare and hound, you gotta have that first kiss. And that's what that California Scramble Series is, is, is gonna be all about. We're gonna try and introduce all of these riders who play right in the desert and would like to, yeah, I, I, here, I'll tell you this. I had an interesting conversation at work today. You know, I roll around in my truck. I, I, I work all over Southern California, and right now I happen to be working in Santa Barbara. So it's a little out of our area. And I had a guy, you know, come on the job today, you know, one of the other trades. He saw my truck. It's got a bunch of district stickers all over it. And he says, hey, you know, uh, you know I, I saw you got District 37 stickers on your truck. Do you race District 37? I said, well, you know, as a matter of fact, I do. We got to talking, and I said, how do you know about District 37? He says, well, you know, I, I play ride, and I've got friends that race, but, but I'm afraid to race. You know, I got a, I got a wife, and I got kids, and I, can't aff- I just can't afford to get hurt, and it's dangerous and scary. Then he went on to this long list of reasons why he was afraid to race a desert race. And I told him, I said, hey, you know what? I've got the series for you. And we started talking about the California Scramble Series. And I gave him the same sales pitch that I'm giving you right now. And he, you know, he's like, wow, that, that sounds like something I could really do. Now, I may talk to 10 people like that and only one of them go. But that one guy is one more guy that, than we have right now racing District 37. And that guy's going to go tell his friends that he goes and play rides with. And maybe one of those guys is going to come. And that's where it starts. I was talking to Perkins the other day. We were talking about a 
he was telling me about a, a new rider that was coming and I made the comment hey it's one rider at a time we're not going to grow desert racing back to to what we want it to be you know getting 20 30 40 riders at a time it's one rider at a time it's you know we need to we need to appeal to that one rider and then the next rider and then the next rider and i see that happening i see that the clubs really you know working hard on what it is that they're doing with their races to try and attack attract those riders we're working hard on our social media to get to get district 37 out there i mean shoot i'm all the way up here in santa barbara i've got random people who saw a sticker on my truck who've heard of district 37 and they want it and they you know hey that's something i've always wanted to try so they're here about district 37 but they're afraid to try it and it's just a matter of talking to those people and we're, we're starting to we're starting to get out there so that people know who we are what we do what we're about i mean i talked to that guy and you know i talked his ear off about what the level of difficulty of our racing is what it is we're trying to do he's talking about his wife and kids jeez wife and kids man you're talking to the right guy because district 37 is all about the family atmosphere of what it is district 37 is families the families are district 37 that's why i fell in love with it that's why i'm sure everybody listening to this podcast fell in love with it that's what district 37 is so i mean i'm just i get so stoked just talking about it so i uh today's today's podcast is a is a short one i wanted to touch on a couple of things i'm going to try and do it every week now that we've got back to racing I'm hoping to be able to do a little race review of the races. I race every single race. Uh, and so I'd like to do a little race review. Uh, you know, for those of you that raced it, some of the things that I may be telling you, 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 you can uh, relate to. Like, yeah, man, I, I felt the same way. Uh, for those of you that didn't make it to the race, it kind of gives you some insight on what it was that the, that the club's doing uh, and, and hopefully gets you excited to come out to the next race. Speaking of the next race, hashtag Beat Perkins. If you want to know what a Sprint Enduro is all about, the next race coming up is next Sunday in Johnson Valley, hosted by UMC. They are doing their Sprint Enduro. Now, it's not part of the Sprint Enduro series that we're starting next year, but UMC, the, 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 the combination of UMC and Los Coyotes is what got us thinking about putting together a Sprint Enduro series. And that happened uh, last year. And this year, UMC is the only club that is putting on hosting a Sprint Enduro. And they're working their tails off to kind of give you a glimpse of what that Sprint Enduro series is going to be next year. Man, I cannot encourage you enough to show up to that race. The Sprint Enduro format is just a kick in the ass. They're working hard on, on great courses. You'll get an idea of what you can expect for what I expect to be uh, an extremely successful series for next year uh, and you get to see me just whoop Scott Perkins ass and put to bed all of this beat Nassif beat Perkins stuff hey the hashtag beat Perkins stuff that's the one that's winning right there uh, so come out race the race have fun see what it's all about get yourself all psyched to go out and race next year and we will talk we will do a huge review on the sprint on umc sprint enduro and next week's podcast if there is anything uh, that you would like us to talk about on the podcast or if there's anybody you would like us to talk to on the podcast please reach out to me 
at wideopenpodcast, or you can email me at wideopenpodcast at yahoo.com. Okay, so that's my, the email is wideopenpodcast at yahoo.com. Everything's on the table. We'll talk to anybody about anything race-related. Uh, you want to know what's going on in district. There's somebody in district that uh, you're curious what they do, what they're thinking, why they're doing what they're doing. You send me an email. I'll get them on the podcast. We'll talk about it. You want to talk about, uh, you want to hear about a certain thing, you send me an email. I'll do the, I'll do the research. We'll talk about it. Uh, you have a, if there's a, a vendor or a sponsor of District 37 and you're curious about them, you send me an email. I'll get a hold of them. We'll get them on the podcast. We'll talk about it. This podcast will eventually evolve into something where it's not just me talking and telling you what it is that I think. This podcast is all about West Coast racing and West Coast off-road racing. And I want to get people in the Wide Open Podcast studio so we can talk about things related to to West Coast off-road racing, District 37 racing, uh, people that have grown up in District 37 racing, people who have, who have you know, moved on to professional careers. Uh, I, I, you know, there are lots and lots and lots of inspiring stories in District 37, and some of you may know them and some of you may not, but I would love to get all those people on the podcast so that you can hear one by one of the people who, who live and breathe District 37 hear from them what they think makes District 37 great. So we'll go ahead and close it on that. I can't thank you enough for tuning in to to this episode of the Wide Open Podcast. And as always, we will see you at the races.